All right, Daniel. I was going to avoid talking about transfers. It's like best not to think about it until September the 2nd, but we can't avoid it, can we? There's, there may what be stuff happening. What else to talk about in the world apart from <laughs> fucking football transfers? <laughs> yeah, it's the only important thing. Football transfers, dot, 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 war, fabbing, inflation. Yeah, much, <laughs> the, much lower. The, yeah, the ruination of the democratic world. Yes. Yep. But... Yeah. Have you got any news on who United might sign? No. <laughs> I I am kind of curious about United's new structure, director of football, technical director, new CEO who's interested in delegating and the transfer strategy appears to be buy all the Dutch players. So I'm, I'm kind of curious about that and it seems fun if that's the policy. I mean, it's sort of actually like, I would say like sometimes quite suspicious of managers who sign players that played for them before, just like the Harry Redknapp and Moyes and Fellaini. But I feel like in this particular situation, I sort of understand it because what's probably happened is Ten Hag's turned up and thought, basically, you're all crap. At the yep. recruitment idiots that have been messing everything up for the last few years, or at least the targets that they have might not fit in with how he wants to play. So sure, yeah. Given given that, it makes some sense that he's going for players he knows. And beyond that, it just so happens that the team that he manages are good. So players who might ordinarily tell us to Loz are prepared yep. to come, not because it's United, unfortunately, but because it's him. Well, that's true. And I think that's very probably very definitely true in Frankie de Jong's Yeah, yeah we're not getting de Jong. We're not getting de Jong if Ten Hag isn't the manager. Yeah. And Ten- de Jong is streets ahead of anyone probably who we could get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He and and like circumstances, like let's assume it happens because and circumstances of it's a perfect storm of things that United could get a player of his caliber at this stage, isn't it? A club that's failed for ten years and he's a very high quality player, albeit not had a great season at at Barcelona and and uh, but they're broke despite selling off the rights to their everything for the time immemorial basically with Barcelona they need their money right now and and Ten Hag is at United so yeah but you know what do you think of him as a, a player and a fit for how United might play well I think I haven't seen that much of him as a player but what I've seen I really like and I think that it's not so much what I think of him as a fit for how United play because how do United play Edward well no I don't know <laughs> Daniel <laughs> I know it's exactly do you know what? One of my mates who I go to United with is every time we talk about how shit United are, we give each other our, our names. Like we, we had, <laughs> I'm not enjoying this very much, Jeremy. <laughs> I would say neither am I, Daniel. And so I think it doesn't matter in the sense that you know, I don't have a way that they play, but also I think the point is that he's the player that we buy who, because we have him, enables the way that Ten Hag ideally wants to yes. go about things. So everyone else who comes is going to come and fit around him. So what, what he right. gives is it's it's the passing and the ball carrying. And yep. It means, I guess, that the way we're going to play is going to be 4-2-3-1 because he likes going off on adventures. Yep. And Ten Hag has said before that you can't really... I mean, maybe it'll work in some games. You couldn't play him as a number six on his own because you wouldn't have anyone there. So, I mean, my order of priority would be to get him, then someone to play next to him and then a right back. Yes. (laughs) It doesn't look like that's what's going to happen. 
my guess would be it'll be him. McTominay will then patrol that width of the pitch, right? Because he's got the he's got the athleticism and the physicality to do it, and hopefully get some coaching in just like not standing in such a way that it looks like you're hiding. We'll see about that one. Yeah, yeah. United have never really had a player like De Jong. I mean, he's a kind of he's partly Michael Carrick, but his ball carrying skills are obviously much better. And in that he like. He's a great passer and he likes to play from a deeper position. And he's press resistant. I mean, that was the, the thing yeah. with Carrick is that he was a good player, Carrick. But ultimately, pretty much, if you said to me you can replace any player in that team, that 08 team, I might start with Wes or I might start with him. But I definitely yep. wouldn't start with any of the others. Sure, and, yeah. Which I'm not saying Michael Carrick wasn't good, blah, blah, blah. Yes, yeah. I have watched the football <laughs> match before. I know the Michael Carrick, all the rest of it. That missed penalty at Burnley in the beginning of 9 10. However, I mean, I do. I do you can't, still, can't forgive him for that. Yeah. I do still have a grudge for, over that one. But what De Jong gives, as you say, it's the ball carrying, it's the speed. I don't think he's as good as long, along, as good a long passer as Carrick was. Sure but thing, I think yeah. uh, if we had him, it would make it make quite quite a lot of difference to that yeah. pathetic, crumbling, weak, lax, tame, revolting excuse for a midfield <laughs> we've been watching for the last bit. And but it's just I don't, I don't understand why we wouldn't get another plague. Just the way that thing. Yes, United should get another plague. Despite yeah. the terrible defending <laughs> and the constipated attacking, the the worst thing about United. I mean, this even goes back to the Fergie years, really has been the midfield. Sure. And previously with Fergie, we had good enough attackers and good enough defenders to get away with the midfield. Now, I would look at it slightly differently. I'd be saying that the thing that's missing at the moment, even under Ole, when United were winning games and winning every week almost, was control. Yeah. And if you have that midfield control, then the strikers will get more chances and the defence will be under less pressure. And that that's why I'd be looking... I mean, the thing is, is maybe right. the I way... We're looking at it, there just isn't that player. No, but but De Jong, De Jong, I think you're right, allows Ten Hag to play his controlled possession football. I don't expect United are going to be getting in 60% possession like Ajax did. I mean, we're just not in that kind of situation at the well, moment. Well, we're not but, playing but... Heaven Vane either, in fairness. <laughs> no, exactly. So, I mean, look, if it happens, it's, as I said, as I said, it's perfect storm of stuff that allows it to happen. And, and I, I hope it doesn't not happen. That's right. A couple of triple negatives in there because United are penny pinching because that would be really pathetic. It doesn't so. look like that's the case, but the thing about the penny pinching that I think is significant is what it enables us to do elsewhere. Sure. It feels like De Jong's going to happen and Barca are going through all the nonsense posturing currently that, yep. that they do. They need but, for their fans more than But the than problem else, now is that we still want these players out of Ajax and in the time that we've been fannying about with De Jong... They've lost Gravenberch on a free. And Masraoui and yep. Allaire have gone for money. And that means that... Masraoui is a free as well, wasn't he? Was he end of his... I think it was the end of his contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you might be right. But anyway, they've sold Allaire for money. And yep. that means that the price for Martinez and Anthony is significant. And yep. more than it would have been. Because we're now saying, well, actually, you should lose half your first eleven Because sure, yeah. we want that. No, that that I think that's right, and and the fannying around does does lead into that. And United in the past have been guilty of that, and ended up overpaying for players. I mean, Fellaini, as you mentioned, being the case in point that set the train rolling, didn't it? So, what what do you make of Tyrell Malassia? I th- I don't know if I'm even pronouncing that right because I I remember him in one game, and that was the uh, the, the conference Europa final, same. the conference final. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I've watched the same YouTube compilations to bad yep. Europoppers as everyone else has. 
He reminds me a little bit of Everett, actually, in, sure. in the way that he plays. He's fast and strong. Aggressive really, going forward. Re- really, yeah. really good recovery pace. Good going forward, but not definitive, Yeah, I would say. Although, I guess, if Everett had been allowed to go forward for corners a few years previously, instead of watching Rio Ferdinand go up to do absolutely nothing almost all the time, he'd probably have quite a lot of goals. It just, it wasn't, we didn't discover that he was useful in the air from set pieces until quite late on. But I think that he's, he's a signing we didn't exactly need relative to other signings. But I imagine what happened is that Tenach thinks he's brilliant. And yep. for the amount of money that he costs, yep. it was just had to be done. And probably get a fee, a similar feedback for shipping Tellez out who really needs to go. Uh, yeah, like you're basically you're you know. swapping one for the other. Tellez probably on more wages than Malassia's on now. Yep. So that Mendez, Tellez is with Mendez. Mendez is usually quite good at finding places for his players to go if they're not wanted. So, yeah, I mean, that makes that makes every bit of sense. That, I mean, we don't obviously... You don't... I'm not going to... I tried to say I'm never going to say that I think it's a, something's a brilliant signing until the players actually play because we've seen brilliant players not work yeah. out all over the show. So I feel like even more of a dickhead than I usually do commenting on someone I've seen play once. And <laughs> oh, no. Look, it's the internet, Daniel. <laughs> we, we, we can be as definitive as we like. Saying he's a brilliant <laughs> signing, but... yeah. It has the feel of a really smart signing. That's what I would I say. I mean, look, 15 million, it's, it's hard to go wrong, isn't it, honestly? And I, I don't mind United swinging their big dicks around and bullying Leon or something like that. That so was a why smart... Not? That was, I mean, I don't know it's if they amazing. did it on purpose, but it was also smart. Because yep. United go for a player, they know United have cash relative yep. to other teams, so they add a few quid onto the price. You let someone else do it, you find out what the price is, yep. and then you pay that, and he'd make him, the player just makes the choice or a little bit more. Yep. And that, I mean, I, I the don't think... The price had already been set, yeah. Yeah, they knew, they knew what they had to pay to get the player that wasn't an amount like that someone pulls out their ass and they either do or don't do it. And that, that actually worked pretty well. And I don't know, who knows? Maybe it'll work also with Martinez because Arsenal have been busy spending the summer finding out the price. And presumably if he's got a choice, unless it, he's absolutely desperate to live in London, he's going to yep. go to United. I, I imagine so, and it, it seems like that's the noise. I mean, again, <laughs> t- talking out my ass here, but seems like it's the choice. Yeah, Martinez, I mean, he's obviously like very comfortable on the ball and left-footed, which gives United a better dimension on that side of the 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 defense. I mean, he's a short little fucker, though, isn't he? I mean, he's he's not he's not big, and the Premier League isn't what he All used right, to Robert be. Robert Wadlow so. over here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's one for your Guinness Book of Records, the yeah. 80s children. I think. It's, it's kind of funny with Martinez because Arsenal are trying to buy him as a left back and United yep. are trying to buy him as, we don't even know what. D- Daily Blint Mark II, I think. What, yeah, what's quite strange about the business that United appear to be trying to do is they could, it looks like they might end up buying this summer Christian Eriksen, Malassia, De Jong yep. and Dinez. Yep. Four players, let's say. And yep. only one of them is really a first-team player, you're for sure. sure. You, you know for sure. It may be that Martinez ends up becoming Harry Maguire's replacement or gets in the team when Varane's injured and stays in the team uh-huh. or they play him in midfield. But looking at it, we don't actually know <laughs> what they intend to do with him. No, nope, right. And let's say we sign Martinez. 
Do, would we expect him to be starting the first game of the season? I, I don't think so. No, I think he. I think he'll start with Varane and Maguire if if fit, which is a big so if, then isn't it? Why so, are we signing? Why would we? What, what are we? I mean, we don't. I don't expect you to answer it, but I think for why? What are we signing him to do? And I'm not saying he's not a good player. Like I've, I've seen him a couple of times, and ultimately, I feel like Ten Hag has a good idea of what a good player is, probably because Ajax are a good team and they've beaten other good teams, so he should have some knowledge of of what it takes so it's not a comment on his on his ability at all i'm just wondering what what we want to, what we would want him to do i i think i think he wants four defenders who can slot in and he has no faith in the ability or fitness of eric bay or phil jones and they're trying to find clubs for either or both of them and and that's it he's but that's he's, fine uh, he's, but you he don't may go, be first replacement but you don't go and spend 40 million sheets on someone yep. to be fourth choice after Lindelof. We're buying no, him. Didn't. We're buying him. I mean, Lindelof is, look, looks shafted, actually, really, as a United player. But what, what, what's he going... Why are we signing Martinez at this point? Like, I'm not saying that Ten Hag... I'm not saying, why are we signing Martinez? <laughs> no, I'm just... Are we signing him to replace Maguire or are we signing him to play midfield? Because yeah, ultimately the answer, the answer has to be that, one yeah. of the two because surely, like, Lindelof is a perfectly acceptable third-choice centre-back. Yep, we're not signing him to be in front of Lindelof or to be after Lindelof. Presumably, we're signing him to come play in the team. Or else, what's the point? Because the, the first eleven needs such such work that are we signing? Are we spending forty million quid in theory on someone who might be the first choice centre back in two years? No, it's it's a fair point. Uh, and it might just be that United are being opportunistic in this this idea that suddenly our recruitment team, which has been completely revamped, scouting team, again revamped, they've actually lost a lot of scouts, and the new director of football, John Murtagh, are, are not quite as ready as perhaps they'd like to say that they are, right? And they're falling back to Ten Hag's, Ten Hag's preferences, and supporting the manager, which is fine to support the manager. It's just United have done that to greater or lesser extent every summer for the last nine seasons. And this is why we have an absolute Frankenstein of a squad. Because you so, have, yeah, you have, because they were trying to sign Timber. So what we're saying here, we're saying Timber is better. I don't know. And Timber made some sense because obviously he could also play centre back in, in midfield, but he could also play right back. Sure. Whereas Martinez can play left back, but we don't require that. So I don't know, and um, I like—I mean, five foot nine Argentinian, Argentinian centre backs. I would immediately think of Roberto Ayala, who <laughs> I loved, who Fergie yep, tried yep. to sign, and yep. he could have played centre back in the Premier League. He would have oh, handled, Gabriel Heinze did I, it. I, 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 he he ungrew on me. I thought he was good at the beginning, and then it turned out he wasn't. Yeah. But I feel like Ayala would have handled Chris Wood and Val Veghorst quite comfortably. And there's just that Argentinian defender thing, isn't there? Where you see the striker go down, blood coming out their ear, and no one, yeah. st- and no evidence of any contact. But there they are. I mean, that's. I I don't know whether Martinez is that player. I mean, his his. I mean, I've seen him as much as anyone else, I suppose, because it's Champions League stuff. But you know, he's a he, he's a progressive passer. He carries the ball. He's in the 99th percentile for all of those kind of attacking metrics. The nerds are called the XG chain and all of that. As a defender, don't know. Don't I mean, know. We'll what, what what would be? I guess if you have like a kind of a back a square of four with two centre backs 
and two midfielders in front of them, all of whom can run with the ball and yep. and defend, then you have quite a lot of flexibility. I mean, McTominay is not a centre-back, but he does play at the back for Scotland quite often. He is physical. He can't, whatever else, for all his faults, he can carry the ball. Mm-hmm. So if you've got him, De Jong, Martinez and Varane for argument's sake, you've got quite a lot of flexibility in the defenders being able to bring the ball forward and the, and the midfielders being able to drop in. And that's the kind of thing that Ten Hag likes, but yeah, who knows? Yeah. So we, we, I guess we have to talk about Ronaldo, given all the noise over the last couple of days. The cynic in me says... This is a brilliant ruse from Mendes to foist another player on United. This is what he does all the time. I mean, but that's the deeply cynical take and we wouldn't want that, would we? So it's Ronaldo off and can we start celebrating already? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, isn't it, with Ronaldo where I guess like I didn't want him at United for reasons that have nothing to do with football. So yep. more than happy to see him go somewhere else. The wording of what was said and just the fact that they put it in the public domain makes you think that he's gotten out. Yeah, because otherwise, why say it? Because you just end up looking It'd stupid. It lose a lot of faces. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. no one wants you, and yeah. also, who would want you at this point? Who would want you on at that money? Almost no one. So you must have someone who does. I don't know who. I mean, it's not. I, the, I couldn't. I couldn't pick the club. No, I, no, I mean the only who, one you think it might be would be Bayern. But how would it be Bayern? If Lewandowski is already is done to but Barcelona, why, but why would Bayern want Ronaldo? It doesn't fit with it just, their it, policy. It just, it just, it just yeah. doesn't make any kind of sense. But you yeah. have to assume that there's, there's Real Madrid for clicks, or I mean, just make. I mean, this sounds so ridiculous. What I'm about City. to say, the note that are oh, they're putting pressure on United to do something to keep him, but that just sounds absolutely nuts. I mean, United don't have to do anything in a sense because there's there's another year on that contract. I mean, five hundred thousand pounds a week, right? But with that money, the thing with Ronaldo is that he he wasn't people he wasn't a great signing in terms of it. He didn't the way that he fit into the forward line. But people that are spouting the, all the "I told you so"s like who decided that this was the case from the beginning are forgetting that apart from that first game against Leeds when. A team against a team who just played into United's hands again. United were absolutely wank in the two games that followed against the Southampton and Wolves when the front three was, was it Greenwood, Rashford and Sancho. Sure. Or, or whatever it was. I can't remember it was. But they were crap before Ronaldo came, just as they were crap when he arrived, just as yep. they were crap when he hadn't been the games that he didn't play. Just But without him, it would have been worse. But the thing now is that it would be a massive risk to allow all those goals to disappear. But if you're trying to set the team, then someone who's not going to be there next season and doesn't want to be there this, and with all the histrionics that you get, is probably not worth keeping, in my opinion. I I think the politics for Ten Hag are very, very dangerous, aren't they? And I I wouldn't be half tempted to uh, let him go if I was Ten Hag and that's taking away all the the, the the stuff around Ronaldo. And spend the money on something else. And and... I don't know. maybe, maybe, Maybe you can't get him now, but if they took the money that they save on Ronaldo's wages some the budgets say that they were prepared to commit to Anthony would that could that get Nkunku I don't know yeah he signed a new contract I don't know but there I is mean, presumably to... an amount for which Leipzig, yes. Leipzig would sell certainly is yeah I mean I, I, the, I mean part of the problem is obviously who'd you buy like after Nunez there probably there isn't a centre forward that they fancied yep 
But if the if the, I mean yeah the, if it sounds Com- comes to something when you're outbid by Liverpool, isn't it? But <laughs> United didn't fancy that money, which is a huge amount of money. I mean, it's um, partly that, isn't it? And partly that partly Liverpool yeah, are like a bigger attraction. I mean, it's not right, it's not sure. pleasant to say, but is it is so the, the the risk of losing Ronaldo of course of course the goals who will score because he'll get another 20 goals or whatever and you cannot guarantee any of that coming from Rashford or Martial I, I mean Martial who has no market and they can't get him out so they'll probably end up keeping him well that was just the problem because... with that loan wasn't it that loan yep. in the end a massive disaster because it turned sure. out that we needed him yep first of all and we might who knows I mean we might just we, we we might we might have made the top four if we'd have kept him. Not because I think he's good, but just someone, another body. Once Greenwood left, would have would have helped and might have won us the game against Burnley or some of those. There was those period that period of tight games when they actually were playing okay. Sort of after the new year, just after they lost at home to Wolves, where another body might have helped. But right, done. but and but so it's partly the fact that they could have used him and also just. He was crap at Sevilla, so he played, Very crap. played himself out and move anywhere. It, it, it's amazing the same story sort of came out, not not just that he was crap, but that he just didn't seem to want to be good. <laughs> and, <laughs> I, I did I did laugh. There was, again, stupid internet gossip, uh, a story coming out that said, Ten Hag is really impressed by... Anthony Martial and the the cynic alarm in my brain started ringing very loud at that moment. Going, oh no, <laughs> yeah, oh no, they're going to give him one more chance. Well, that's the thing; uh, he can be impressive. Anything else? Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. It's it it is kind of it's it's all stupid gossip and and fun, and we don't know whether any of this will will actually come off because like none of it's been done. Although it looks like Malasia is is almost there, and De Jong should follow. Shortly, I mean. So what? What are we going to do a right back? I don't get this. N- I've no idea, and it, n- neither of the players fit a Ten Hag profile. I mean, Delo maybe as an attacking player. He's no Mazari, is he? And and he's definitely not a Hakimi. Unless unless he and, thinks. And, and Wan they just have to get out because he's never going to play. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they, they apparently have told him to go. And um, what's his name is also Laird is back. Yep. So I guess there's a possibility as a look at him before deciding what to do. I don't know, but this it's like I can like we, we don't sign a defensive midfield player. I can understand what the workaround might be. A right back, I just I there's none. I, I don't I don't know what it would be. Yeah, I mean another season of McFred being first choice is not it's not exactly what, <laughs> what anyone wanted to see. Not something. What I thought we'd see, but the, yep. if we can get De Jong, that makes it that makes it more acceptable. It's just sometimes it feels like we're always going to be one player away or yep. two players away. But I guess on the other hand, let's say we sign a forward, De Jong, Martinez. Then I guess next summer, in theory, you only really need three players again: a right back, a midfield player, and a centre forward. Which uh-huh. feels like it's possible. Yeah, the the, the right back is a, a real mess though. If you look at the position where Sancho got the ball at on the left versus he got the ball on the right, it's going to be another season of Sancho. And as he's starting on the left, maybe we assume that he's doing that. I guess it depends. He's in a ball on the halfway line and trying to drive it forward himself. Depends who the, depends who the forward is. I mean, I think yep. if Anthony ends up being the forward, 
I'd yeah, probably he'll play be off the tempted right. to yeah. see, have a go at Rashford through the middle again. I mean, it did feel like he'd found his position on the left. But, I mean, we don't really have options, do we? So, nope. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, d- I did see that Marcus had been off doing extra training. I, d- I don't know whether pumping the weights is really going to bring his confidence back. But it's a last chance saloon for him, though, isn't it? I think that the change of manager will be helpful. Because I hope turn so. Up the, and you've seen it with the England cricket team. There's all this talk about Basball, if you, but like, uh-huh. what even is that? No, I, I, bet, I bet if I asked what it was, any of the players, it's because it's not when the ball's here you play that, or when when it isn't you leave no. it. Like no one, I, I, I doubt there are specific instructions being given about what to do in specific circumstances. It's more go out and play it as you see it, and just someone new comes in when it's on its ass. Someone new and positive comes in and it immediately goes up levels, and it's not. It's not really about the mechanics of the sport at all. It's about the mechanics of the human mind and the mechanics of the collective. And these aren't dreadful players. I mean, obviously, we enjoy hating them, but yep. we've seen them. <laughs> we've we've seen them be good. We know we're talking about the footballers here. Now, yeah, if you look at if you look like some of the goals, not even some of them, the goals United scored under Ole, they scored some yep. unbelievable goals. Yes, and, they did. Yeah. And not a few. Absolutely yeah. loads of them. We can yeah. talk about lack of style and lack of patterns and all the all the rest of it. But when it clicked, it was really it, it clicked. It was really yeah, good. Sure. And these these are the same players with a better coach. Yep, yep. Uh, and and you'd hope that that coaching provides an uplift. I I just don't. I don't think any of us buy into any kind of notion that 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 enough is alone. And that alone, that uplifting coaching standards is enough to to drive the team forward. But like maybe we're wrong there. Maybe maybe you actually are able to reset it and say, look, these players took United to second with the caveat that Chelsea and Liverpool had dreadful seasons that season. And and with the addition of some control in midfield and something something else in midfield that allows United to win the ball, whether that's a different way of playing or a different player, that, that United are good enough to overtake a not a great Arsenal team and the Spurs team that we'll see, we'll see. But it's still, as it stands, even with the players we think are coming in, I wouldn't put much money on United making fourth next season, but we'll see we've about got, that. And, we've, we've got no idea how it's, how, yeah. how it's going to take, but it should get quite a lot better. And I mean, you look at like the signings that, Basically, the teams were probably competing with Arsenal and Spurs and made. Spurs have made sure. real like real Conte signings. Yeah. Like workman like players that are never going to be good enough to get them beyond the top four. Uh-huh. Where someone else might have spent like he spent sixty million quid on Richardson. He might not oh, be a, a first choice. Deal. Yeah. Yeah. Surely if he's not going to be a first choice, because Kulosevsky is going to be the third attacker. That surely it makes more sense to speculate half of that on someone who's 22 and hope that they go on to be miles better than Richardson. And Richardson's someone who three or four years ago I thought looked like Could he had it. some raw materials yeah. to go on to be really good. But very rare you see someone improve at 25 from where he is to where he'd need to get to to be worth 60 million right. quid. It is. It, it is. It does feel like a bizarre deal, but obviously Conte is not confident that, or, or, or is you can understand the concern that Harry Kane gets injured again. I, I think, especially post World Cup, or, or Son is aging as well. Or I think there's also a five subs you know, thing. So yeah. On. yeah, that's true. 
that you're going to get plenty of football because there are five subs. And it means that, I mean, Fergie did it before before you could bring on five subs. But the reason, one, I think the main reason we were able to stay in touch with City at the end, the last, the last few of the Fergie years when we didn't really have a midfield was because we had a, a good enough defence and loads of attacking options. So on the bench, you'd have Young if you wanted crosses, Park if you wanted off the ball movement, Welbeck, Van Persie, Rooney, just so many different attacking options that enable you to win a game. And I think that's why you see, why one of the reasons we're seeing so many, City Liverpool get so many points is option. Liverpool, not so much until last season because they haven't had such a big squad until then, but low mm-hmm. attacking options. Players you bring off the bench against tired, mentally, physically tired defences who has changed things from what they were like before. Right. And yeah, so the five subs makes signing another attacker for Spurs, Spurs signing another attacker make more sense. But yep. I still like and, that and one. Depth, depth of squad does matter, or at least the difference in quality drop from, yeah, yeah, from yeah, of 11 course. to 16 matters. Yeah. What do you make of Arsenal's prospective transfers? I know nothing about Fabio Vieira, I have to say. Matt Turner's a decent keeper. Me neither. I mean, in, in the States. Jesus, so I always... It, I always kind of liked because he was the worst centre forward I felt like we could legitimately expect City to have. Yep. And I'm not saying he's a crap player. He's a good player. But with all that money spent... Do you think he's going to play through the middle at Arsenal? I guess he is. I mean, he's been much better off the right for City. I'm sure he's been signed as a centre forward to press from the front and try and score 20 goals. Yeah, I'm sure that's why. And, I mean, lots of other managers wanted him. And, like, when when you talk about football, I don't... Someone who is in the media, I guess... I try. I don't always do this myself, so I'm chastising myself when I say this. But I try and do it. Is we sh- we don't often start from the position that Mikel Arteta, David Moyes, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, whoever the fuck we're criticising, know more about association football than we do. <laughs> but what, I, what, what? What are you saying? A couple of chats about chaps spouting crap on the internet don't don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. If Mikel Arteta and Antonio Conte want a player and Pep Guardiola yep. rates him as well, he's probably an all right player, let's be real. But do I think he elevates Arsenal massively? No. However, they didn't score enough goals last season. He will. They will get more goals with him. So it's a good signing for Arsenal, but it's not a signing that makes me think, oh, no. And it's not someone, even if you took out the city factor, it's not someone I would have wanted United to sign. I'd be wanting someone yeah. better than him. And, and over at Chelsea, I guess the other, I mean, they're, they're clearly ahead of us in terms of quality at the moment. They, they've they lost about 97 defenders. Looks like they've they're trying to do... They've got work to do, Chelsea. They've got work to do. And, and without Granovskaya, they've got a brand new recruitment head. They've got people basically. that don't know anything about running a football club. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I, I do. I did have a chuckle at the the idea that Todd Bowley, the, the new, exactly, has, has appointed himself director of football. That made me laugh lots. <laughs> I don't know how true it is, but I'd like it to be true. They, they've got a lot of work to do defensively. And, um, they, and, and they don't you know, score enough goals. If they spend the money on delight, it's good. And they didn't score enough goals. No, so. Which is why they're, they're, good, they're a good cup team. Because they keep a clean sheet against anyone with the defence that they had previously. And find a goal from somewhere. Yep, and they've shipped out a hundred million pound striker. Yeah, whatever else any, work for them. whatever anyone else says about Ole, he had the kaku pegged. He did. <laughs> but, but they, yeah, the problem is obviously it means we can't rely on Chelsea. And I was talking to a mate about this earlier today. Usually, I've known what which disgusting scenario I prefer. 
Uh-huh. Not now, I'm not sure, because I very much don't want anyone anyone else to win three titles in a row. But I'd like this Liverpool team to finish with no more than the one that they've got already. Yep. And there isn't an alternative option ultimately here. It's one or, it's one or the other. Like the beginning of last season, some people were able to pretend that it might be Chelsea. Even after a couple of months, I was almost getting around to pretending it to myself that the standard of attackers in the league was quite high. So the team, the most solid team is top, which they were briefly. But yeah, that's that's not happening this season, and it will be one of the. No, other. I I agree, and I uh, it's it's very sad. A month before the uh, month, six weeks before the season kicks off, that we're already dooming ourselves to picking from one of Liverpool or, or City. I, I guess, look, with Ten Hag coming in, I feel like I, I can focus on the new United at least for six months or so before that kind of honeymoon period wears off and I can get back to saying the shit again, which inevitably we'll be able to do, I think. But yeah, the thoughts that Liverpool or City are guaranteed to win one one or other wins the Premier League and both will be in the mix for the Champions League again is not... Um, it's not awesome, is it? <laughs> yeah. And are Liverpool stronger? I mean, Mane's going to be a big loss for them, but um, but they already replaced yeah. him with someone who's they had already a, replaced who's him. Had six yeah. months to bed in, who is a quality yeah. player. I mean, they yeah, and they've signed someone else. Yeah, and they signed Salah up to a contract. I mean, they they've had to change their business model, both the new Nunez and Salah. But I guess they're they're more confident about their financials these days than they once were. Yeah, and you the lot, you keep getting Champions League funds. That's a lot of money. And, uh-huh. and that's three. I still like the midfield is still getting old and not quite where it needs to be. And if you lose the ability, and also they've added Thiago to try and give a bit more creativity, but the way that they play was predicated on out physicaling the opposition in midfield. And if you're sure. not able to do that, then there's a lot of space behind those fullbacks, which, which actually, so Liverpool Champions League final, this was a rare sparkling moment in a dual season. <laughs> so one of my best mates, some girl I've known, been friends with for 30 years, had her dad's scouser and goes to the games and whatever. But it was, and she married another one of my oldest friends, which is actually yep. quite helpful when your friends marry each other, because otherwise you've got no control over who your friends might bring home. But <laughs> so when they marry each other, this is actually to be celebrated. But so they made their daughter's bat mitzvah the weekend of the Champions League final. So the grandfather, my friend's dad, he, he couldn't go. His sons went but, and flew back in time for the thing, but he, he wasn't allowed to go, so he didn't go. And so we've been like arguing back about United and Liverpool for 30 years. And but never did I ever think I would get to watch Liverpool lose a Champions League final with him. Yes. But I did. Beautiful moment. <laughs> it really was. And the funny thing was, was on the Friday night we were chatting and I was saying that Obviously, I know Liverpool are good, and I think Klopp is brilliant. But of all the great teams of the Premier League era, were they to play, in my imagination, one of Fergie's great teams, they are one of the teams I'd be most confident United would batter right. because of that space behind the fullbacks. Yeah, yeah. And then the goal went in. And, and yeah, it's always the weakness, and uh, and that's exactly how Real Madrid Yeah, no, so I didn't say anything perfect. for five minutes, and then I was like, do you remember what I told you last night about that space behind the fullbacks? Mm-hmm. I, I did mention it with we had Chris on the Chris Edgingham on the pod the other week and and he brought this up and I did find it very funny on the morning of the Champions League final Guardian profile your mates at the Guardian there Daniel <laughs> profile of Alexander Arnold with a headline I see some things others cannot see except for Vinicius Who's Junior the Lino? still a beautiful <laughs> with the, the sword of a beautiful moment no I mean and that's the like he he's an excellent player Alexander Arnold 
But if you're game planning to play Liverpool, he is the guy that you pick as, you pick as where yeah. it is. And yeah. that's why Gary, that's why he doesn't get picked for England. Not that I think Gareth Southgate is particularly someone, even though, yes, he does know more about football than I do, who I think like manages... It. Are you sure about this, Daniel? <laughs> I saw England's games recently. Yeah. Are you sure about this? Well, he manages England like he's managing Borough. He really does. But yeah. Rhys James is someone who gives you Balance. a bit of both. So Carl yeah. Walker gives you the recovery pace, but if I was picking, I, uh, Reese James is the one that I would want to sign, 100%, and the one that I would want to pick every time yeah. because he he gives you he gives you both. He doesn't. He's obviously not as brilliant going forward as Alexander Arnold, but he's really good, and he's much yeah. better going forward, much better going backwards than Alexander Arnold, and as good as Walker. I, sure I think I think I think he is the best of the right backs quite comfortably. I, I agree. Maybe United can sign him. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, Daniel. I'll let you go. Because uh, I know you're covering some kind of sport or uh, you're on the telly somewhere this evening and enjoy that. Oh. Uh, what w- what commentary are you giving us? I am good going on, I, don't, I actually can't remember what channel I'm going on or what it's even called. But I'm going on something to talk about Ronaldo. Very nice. Very good. Babe Station it is then. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy that. We all, uh, does, does that still exist? I don't know. <laughs> I, I have no idea. Don't follow these things. But there you Anyone? go. Another one from our youth. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And the free five minutes on live TV. Not live TV. Perfect. Quality programming. Much like this here podcast. No. <laughs> we'll be back. <laughs> we'll be back. I've got a couple of interviews lined up for the summer and then we'll do some commentary now and again, I imagine, on transfers coming in and out. Transfers. Thanks for listening, everyone. Love it. Love it. Bye, Great everyone. Stuff. See you again.